Thank you for listening to the Streams Church Weekly Sermon Podcast. We are a community that strives to know Jesus and make Him known. If you like our podcast, subscribe and leave us a great rating on Apple Podcasts. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy. We're talking Missions Month at Streams Church. Last week, we learned about um, the ministries we have in Japan that we support in South Africa. And the sermon message is about the fact that God loves the lost, and it's a theology that's been missing um, in our lives in the church for, for quite a while that we've forgotten about. And Jesus isn't just an upgrade from, from economy to business class. That's not what Jesus is about. He's not a 401k eternal retirement plan. Um, and uh, he isn't a genie to grant your three greatest wishes. He's a savior. That's who he is. You are lost, and he saves people who are lost. And... Um, it's interesting, before church, we have a light problem that's driving me crazy right now, but that's okay. Anybody else see it? Am I like changing colors? It's our new thing we're doing. Lloyd Baker and his Technicolor coat. Yes. <laughs> that shirt or whatever it is. I should have wore white and have been a lot more pronounced, so we'll get it fixed this week. But anyway, where was I? Oh, Jesus is a Savior. We talked about, it's interesting, it was several years ago, we sort of hit a period where there weren't a lot of unchurched people coming to our church, but a lot of broken people that have been hurt by the church coming to our church. And I asked the Lord, I said, you know, we're not reaching the lost. He goes, you're reaching a ton of people that are lost because they've been hurt and wounded and broken, and this is a place of healing for that. And um, you're, we took on a church once that was in despair, and it, it sort of went south, but a lot of the people came to our church, and Another pastor of mine said, you know what you did there? I know it, it, it hurt you, it cost you, but you saved a lot of people in the kingdom. Like, situations like that, they just leave the church. And um, Jesus is here to save. Whether you're lost because you've been hurt and burned up and abused, or whether you just have never come to a place of faith in your life, he's a savior. And without him, you're lost. And I just want to stop right now and pray with you. And if you've never prayed this prayer, at the end of it, you can say yes, amen, agree with it. So let's pray. Father, I want to thank you for the fact that you gave Jesus, your only son, to come to the world not to condemn the world, but to die for the world, that we might be saved. And so today, Lord Jesus, I thank you for that. And I know that I'm a sinner. I know that I'm lost. I know that I've strayed away from you. And so today I want to recommit my life. I want to commit my life to your love. Come into my life. Make me whole and clean. Be my Savior. And I pray that in your name. Amen. And if you prayed that for the first time, or if you've rededicated your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to do two things. First of all, you need to tell somebody. You need to call them right now during the day. Whisper in their ear if they're next to you. Go ahead. You can text them. I'm giving you permission right now to text in church, but it better not be fantasy football stuff. It better be texting somebody, you know, I, I've rededicated my life to Christ, or um, I give you permission to do that. You've got to tell somebody, and then you've got to get water baptized. That's so important. Um, and we learned last week that God loves the lost. We also learned last week that my Japanese grandchildren eat some really weird snacks. <laughs> right? And they're like, what are they, like gummy worms? Yeah, they're gummy. And <laughs> they look like worms, but... Um, they're not sweet and sour. Um, but today we have snacks from uh, Central Europe out there. 
And so when you leave today, we're, we're going to talk about some places in Europe today. And Europe is known for chocolates. And so we have some European chocolates out, for, out there for you today. They're not, it's known for chocolates and beer. <laughs> it, it is. Um, my first trip to the Czech Republic, we were a group of, uh, of young people. And we were going to a Christian camp to do ministry there. And I got there, and they had a tap. Like, just like you'd go up and get water, there was a tap there with beer for, at the Christian camp. And um, it was off for the youth, you know, week, of course, needs to say. So I went up to the camp director, okay, you got to tell me about this, right? Because um, I'm going I'm to be honest, what are you going to do, fire me? I have an occasional beer, right? <laughs> I'm not, uh, yeah, Pastor Sean, you can deal with the mess when I'm done, right? So, <laughs> I, I enjoy a, a, an occasional beer, not, not a lot. I did, we met with a pastor just recently for lunch. I won't tell you at what church because some of you might want to switch. But they have this church. He told me they have like a rotating beers. And every month they have a social. And they have their little beer thing set up for the people to have. I go, wow, things have really changed <laughs> in my lifetime. But anyway, this Christian camp has this beer tap thing. And I go, you got to tell me about this guy. He goes... Beer is such a big deal in the Czech Republic. We pulled it, but we had churches that refused to come to our camp anymore unless we put it back in. They wouldn't do their retreats here. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's just like so out there. But then when I first showed up, I shouldn't tell the story, but I'm going to. <laughs> when I first, the first trip I made to the Czech Republic, we showed up, and I'm with this missionary I mean, they're very proud of this, this stuff, right? And with this missionary, she's Czech. We're on the bus. 42, 42 people they picked up from the airport. And she's just upset and stoic, and I'm trying to reach her. She's just not saying anything. And about 20 minutes later, she just bursts out. And they just had dropped off a church from the uh, sort of the deep south and pretty... Um, anyway, and um, she said to me, she goes... Are you going to tell me I'm going to hell too because I drink beer? Because they just did. That's what she said. And I said, are you kidding me? The Czech Republic is known for Pilsner. In fact, it came from here. Like, it's, it's you guys create some of the best beer in the world. I thought, okay, my wife's going to say, what did you say that for? I thought maybe we could go to a cafe, grab a beer, and talk about the camp coming up. And it changed her demeanor. Like, she just literally opened up her heart. And um, you may think, well, Pastor Lloyd, but what's worse, like condemning her to hell because she drinks beer? Or saying, I'll sit down with you and let's have some time together. And, and so um, it just, like, it changed the whole atmosphere. I, one of the most powerful things that happened to me when I was in the Czech was, and we're talking about oppression, I'm sort of getting myself, and, and central, that part of, of Europe, had been under the oppression of a communist puppet regime for 40 years. And, and before then, they were occupied by the Nazis. So for 50 years, this is an oppressed people. And I was blown away. We were there in 2004, so 15 years after. Um, the Czech Republic was the, the Velvet Revolution. And it was a, they sort of pushed back in the, the late 80s, you know, all those 
uh, puppet countries sort of broke out and started their own republics. And so they broke out in 89. It's called the Velvet um, Revolution. And uh, we were there 15 years, and I was so overwhelmed how that oppression that had been there for 50 years still dominated their culture. Like, like, can you imagine that? Just being oppressed. Just because you lived in a certain country, just because you were born in a certain place, you're oppressed and pushed down and controlled and lived in fear. And so when we showed up, they told us that percentage-wise, the Czech Republic was the, the most atheist country in the world. That's what I was told. So when we got to this, this place, I asked the pastor, I said, you know, I'd like to do, the kids are going to do the camp, but I would like to just do a lunchtime, just, just a conversation study on grace and the book of John. Do you mind if I do that? And he goes, I, I think that'd be great. He goes, do you mind if I come? I said, I'd love for you. So we started with five people. And all of a sudden, and it was just grace. I was just telling about grace and the love of Jesus and the unconditional love of the Father. And we just had conversations, and they would ask questions. And um, by the end of the week, there were 40 people. And it wasn't church people. They were going to their college campus. They were going to their friends saying, you have got to hear this. Like, this is something mind-blowing that God is this type of a God, that he's a God of unconditional love and grace. And I wish I could have spent a month or two there because I just think it would have just... And it was simplicity. It was grace. But when, you, when you're around people that have been oppressed, like, for so long, it just infiltrates the very core of who they are. And the sad thing about this is the Czech Republic is known for one of the most famous reformers ever. John Huss was there. John Huss was 100 years between, before Martin Luther or Calvin. Uh, Right, Calvin, yeah, Calvin. Like, these guys read his teachings, which led to the Protestant movement, which led to why we're sitting here today. They're, it's famous, and they'll tell you how famous this guy is, but yet, this nation was the most atheist nation in the world. There's a Saint, there's a Charles Bridge there. It's a famous bridge. Anybody know about the Charles Bridge? And, um, anyone? Okay, it was on the first... Um, what movie was that with Tom Cruise? Mission Impossible. That's the bridge around. Okay, now you know what it is, right? It's the, it's the bridge where the guy falls over and fakes that he's dying. That, that bridge. And we were there, and the missionaries were, like, doing this game. Like, you got so many points if the American, if you would jump off the bridge into the water, right? Well, it's dangerous. So I went up to the guy, and I said, listen, like, Americans will do that. They don't realize you're joking. Like, they will go get the points. He goes, really? I go, yeah. He goes, there's not a Czech person that would do that. I go, no, you can't. you got to go back and tell them not to jump off the bridge. I digress. The bridge has all these beautiful brooks of statues of saints of the crucifixion of Jesus. It's just a gorgeous bridge. And um, I was reading up on it, how, how famous it is of all these patron saints. Um, and, it, and it replaced... The old Judith Bridge. There was an old Judith Bridge and then the Charles Bridge. When it got damaged by a flood, they built this Charles Bridge. And I just want to say to my wife right now, my wife's name is Judith, I will never replace you. 
<laughs> I don't care how, especially with Charles. I don't care how old you get. I don't care if you get damaged. I'm yours, baby, forever, all right? I just want to make sure that you get that. I just want, in front of all these people, you're a witness, right? Amen. Anyway, back to my story. Um, it's just sad how um, oppression will do. And God loves the oppressed. I don't know if you knew that. In fact, there's a special place in his heart for people that have been oppressed um, in life. And um, oppression is prolonged, cruel, or unjust treatment or control, especially to people who don't deserve it. Um, We've seen it even in our own nation, right? Certain oppressions have happened. People who are unjustly persecuted and treated through no fault of their own because they were born in the wrong country or the wrong time in history. Uh, who were born with the wrong color of skin. You understand what I'm saying. You heard me say this before. If you were born in the United States, you won the geographical lottery. And I've been around the world, and I can tell you right now, that what we have been given in this nation is precious. The ability to become whoever you want to become. To not, um, you know, understandably there are always issues, but to have the freedom to speak our minds and not live in fear. To practice our religion and not live in fear. Um, but that's not the way it is around the world. That doesn't make you better. That doesn't make you favored. That doesn't make you more blessed. It just makes you very fortunate that you uh, were born in this country. And God loves the oppressed, and so should we. And when we don't feel the same way that he does about people that have been unjustly treated, we do not represent him very well. Proverbs 14, 31 says this, Those who oppress the poor insult their maker, but helping the poor honors him. Martin Luther King Jr. says, The ultimate tragedy is not the oppression and cruelty by bad people, but the silence over that by the good people. Let's look at a couple ways that Jesus dealt with those who are oppressed of his time. John chapter 4, verses 7 through through 15. You know the story well. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised. She was surprised. For Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Because Samaritans were hated by Jews. Like they were outcasts. They were oppressed. And Jesus replied, If you only knew the gift God has for you, and who you are speaking to, you would ask me, and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, now this is understand, she's, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And this is speaking from somebody who's been impressed. And Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. 
But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here for water. And I, it's sort of like the same thing. Jesus is saying, you know, I know what you live under, but let me tell you about grace. Let me tell you about the living water. And she got through her, her, her anxiety, her, her being upset, to, to a place where she could, because of this constant just love and grace and how Jesus treated her differently than she's ever been treated before by any Jew. And he broke through to the place where she wanted the water. Jesus loves the oppressed. Matthew chapter 8, verses 2 through 3. I'm sorry, let's go to John. I sort of skipped over a scripture here. John chapter 4. Verses 7 through 15. Am I right? No, I... Did I just read it? Okay, thank you. My notes are off a little bit. Okay, no, I'm sorry. Matthew 19. Say I am off. The next scripture. Matthew 19, 13 through 15. This is a simple. One day some parents brought their children to Jesus so he could lay his hands on them and pray for them, but the disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. We think that would be very precious to see, but back in those days, children were just basically a resource for your life. They weren't really treated well. Um, in fact, many people didn't even name their children until they got to a certain age because children often didn't make it till they got older. And so children are, are, are precious only to their own parents, but everybody else would have thought that was a waste of time for Jesus to be doing that. Even the own disciples scolded the parents for bothering him with children. Um, Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them. For the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. That was so out of normal for that culture, for somebody to care for a child that was not their own. And it says Jesus laid his hands on them and Jesus blessed them. Matthew 8, let's go to another verses 2 through 3. This is one of my favorite scenes in uh, season one of The Chosen, if you've seen it. Suddenly a man with leprosy approached him, Jesus, and knelt before him. And in the, in the, in the show, the disciples are like trying to pull Jesus back because they know this man has leprosy and you can't get within a certain distance without fear, without fear of catching what he's got. Well, that sounds a little familiar today, isn't it? And so Jesus... The Lord, the man said, I love this. This is even my prayer right now. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. I just know, God, you can do it. And if you're willing. And that's spoken from a man who's got leprosy, who's used to being shunned and pushed away. So he's saying to Jesus, if you're willing, if you're willing to break this barrier and heal me, I know that I can be healed. And Jesus reached out and touched him. I'm willing, he said, be healed. And instantly the leprosy disappeared. God has a special heart, place in his heart for the oppressed. But it wasn't just the Jesus thing in the New Testament. Listen to Zechariah the prophet. He says in verse 9, this is what the Lord of the heaven, heaven's army says, judge fairly and show mercy and kindness to one another. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, and the poor, and do not scheme against each other. 
Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, and the poor. Um, we have missionaries in the Czech Republic that we support every month. Every time you, if, as you give, we, we tie 10% of what comes in to missions around the world. And so this is, we have a video of one of the missionaries that we support, um, Tyrell and Natalie, right? Good. Here it is. Hi, Streams Church. My name is Terrell Good. This is my wife, Natalie. Hi, guys. And as you can see behind us with the castle, we are missionaries in the Czech Republic, and we're based out of Prague. Uh, for lighting reasons, we're going to spin around and show you the National Theater behind us. Um, so we just want to thank you so much for your support of us uh, during this crazy time in history. Uh, currently, we work with an organization in Czech Republic called Josiah Venture, and we work to help disciple uh, young leaders um, in their churches and through their churches uh, so that they can grow up into the next generation that God's calling to, to lead this nation back to Christ. Um, during the time of COVID, we've had lockdowns in the last couple winters, and uh, even in the summer, like you can see, things are fairly open, but we're expecting, especially even going into this next fall, uh, that we're going to get locked down again. So we've been going kind of through cycles of, of opening and lockdown. Um, that's prevented a lot of consistent uh, in-person ministry that we're used to doing. However, uh, we have been able to progress in other areas that we've been wanting to push forward in uh, with technology and online ministry. Uh, specifically one of the things that started and we've been pushing forward on in this time has been gaming ministry so using video games and uh, students that are in the gaming community uh, tra helping train and inspire and equip them uh, to be a light and to mission in that community online and so we've been really seeing a lot of growth there during this COVID lock time a lot of kids are spending a lot of time online especially on the games and specifically young men uh, which has been amazing. Uh, we're also pushing forward uh, in my area, which is media, into e-learning and social media and really trying to uh, put together uh, more programs that are specifically designed to minister through those mediums as well as train the churches and the youth groups and the leadership on how to use those uh, to, uh, to spread the gospel and share the love of Christ with this country. So uh, we just thank you so much for being a consistent partner with us through this crazy time, both financially and prayerfully. Uh, we really can feel your prayers during this time. And uh, we hope at some point uh, we're based in Arizona, or at least I am. Uh, and we hope to see you in person soon. Um, since my wife is a national, uh, I'm going to be praying a blessing over you as Streams Church. And, uh, and then she'll be translating uh, bit by bit so you can hear the national language as well so uh, Lord we just uh, come before you now and ask that uh, you just shower blessings over streams church right now uh, especially now with uh, with Lloyd uh, stepping down as the head pastor we pray for the transition uh, to the new leadership. Um, we pray that that transition would go smoothly and that the church would be stronger um, with, with Lloyd's new role and uh, the new pastor coming up. 
sbor v této nové situaci byl posílen a modlíme se také za nové vedení. And um, we pray for all the families of Streams Church that uh, God would keep them and their families safe um, and healthy during this time period. And that he would be continuing to provide for them financially um, and materially during this time of, of hardship. And uh, above all, Lord, we pray that during this time you would be uplifting the people of Streams Church uh, to be a light in their community and uh, a hope um, to those around them in the community. Thank you again for their support of us, and uh, we pray that we would be able to meet them in person soon. Jesus name, amen. Super. Thank you very much, Streams Church. We hope you have a great day, and uh, we look forward to seeing you in person, hopefully when all this craziness is over. From the Czech Republic, ciao. All right. They have a great ministry to young people there, and um, I just want to, I asked, by the way, I asked every missionary there that if they would bless us in their native tongue, so that's why they spoke in Czech as well. Um, I uh, One last story, and I'll... Um, turn things over to Pastor Sean. And, and by the way, if I offended you in any way today, um, you can email Sean at streamschurch.org. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. <laughs> Sorry. We were, uh, we were ministering, in, we were going to the Ukraine to minister to the Roma people, which is, are the gypsies. Um, and uh, they're a very oppressed people group. And we had stopped, I think it was in Slovakia, we stopped in a bus station, and some type of fight broke out. Something broke out, and this guy was yelling at um, a gypsy woman, and they grabbed her by the hair, and just yanked her and threw her out of the bus station because she wasn't belonging there. And so not only there are oppressed people in that part of the world, there are oppressed people of the oppressed people, um, and I just know that God has a special place in his heart for ministries that go on there. Uh, we're very fortunate today to have a ministry that's represented in the Ukraine. And I'm going to go ahead and just let Pastor Sean and, and then Sasha come up and talk a little bit about what um, they do in the Ukraine. So welcome. Very grateful to be here. Actually, Sasha, I'm going to give you this microphone. Thank you. Uh, my wife and I know what it's like to be in uh, full-time missions um, in overseas, and um, sometimes I think we forget as a body when we come um, and we give and are financially and for, uh, faithfully 
what really it does to other different countries. And so um, I love Pastor Lloyd's heart uh, to focus this whole month on missions because really what, what goes on here and because of your generosity affects countries overseas. And so we want to bring an awareness uh, an awareness. Um, <laughs> we want to to bring an understanding to you that you know what a we are thankful um, for your giving and for your support, but also that you are making a great difference in worlds you know in, in our country locally and also abroad. And so um, we have that missions month calendar and we have our countries that we're supporting. And so even on Facebook, we're dripping out ways that you can pray because um, when you're overseas, it really makes a huge difference that knowing that people are praying for you. And so maybe you you set a reminder on your phone or do something that that really does um, engage you into these countries and into prayer. So um, Sasha is here uh, and his wife, and we are so thankful. He has an amazing story, and so I was very excited um, to be able to bring him up and to have him uh, share a little bit of his story. So uh, Sasha, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and a little part of your story. Well, uh, I'm Sasha Marchenko. I'm from Ukraine, and uh, I'm a loving father, loving husband and loving grandfather already. So my wife, Larissa, right there, she is, uh, yeah, she is the soul of our family and she is a real uh, spiritual defender. So uh, we always feel your uh, prayer about all of us. And I believe that God uh, just uh, lead me in the ministry and uh, give me uh, success in the ministry because my wife really very strongly support uh, my call to serve to God. And uh, here is uh, our family. So uh, we have already two son-in-law. So I'm father of three daughters. But God just give us these uh, two young uh, men, and I very appreciate uh, to have uh, two son sons-in-law. Uh, why uh, father in ministry? Well, so, um, you so know. So Sasha has a ministry specifically um, where he can mentor and disciple men who are fathers. So tell us a little bit about that ministry and why you got connected to that. Okay, so our ministry, uh, we have a mission uh, to uh, revive uh, culture of uh, responsible fatherhood Uh, based on uh, uh, biblical foundation uh, in uh, nowadays society and help men um, discover their father's heart, find uh, everything what God put in our uh, man nature and uh, fatherhood uh, and uh, realize uh, his character as a father uh, uh, for next generation to affect and build a uh, spiritual legacy for next generation. Uh, problem, what happened? So why father in ministry? Uh, this is, uh, it, it's my, I am in the middle on this picture. That's my father, that's me, and that's my uh, middle brother. So you're holding the middle sign. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. And uh, all of this sign uh, proclaim uh, Soviet Communist Party and Soviet ideology. And it's very tricky because my dad and me, we are generation 
uh, oppressed generation, uh, like my grand grandpa and grandpa, it was oppressed generation. But it's very tricky. We celebrate oppressors. We celebrate them. And it's, 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 it's very, very painful when you understand, in, in a year, when you understand what happened with you. And what happened in Ukraine, three generations of men grow up in a communist ideology, which uh, won't control population, control social sphere, economic, control everything. And to control family, to control population, they do everything to took uh, fathers off from the family. So we have, in America, we have issues with fatherhood. They probably look a lot different, but I think in your culture, what you're saying is because of the socialism, they control the families and have a big influence in their life. This is needed even, even in a greater level. Yeah, it's coming here. It's coming here. So, and as a man who grow up and who have been there, I just uh, pray for your nation that you stand up and uh, regard your uh, freedom. So let's see uh, what happened during the history, like uh, last century history. A lot of wars passed through the Ukraine and uh, 30 uh, million uh, Soviet men was uh, killed uh, during uh, Second World War and uh, Stalin persecution. So devastating war just uh, uh, bring this situation when fathering model was lost in Ukraine. And uh, uh, what happened? Physical, so we uh, suddenly, in a five years, it's just because Second World War passed just five years. In five years, we lost a lot of men. And what happened? Uh, next generation grow up uh, uh, without uh, fathers and the physical absence of father uh, uh, deliver next uh, emotional and spiritual uh, absence of fathers. So here is, it's, it's a real commercial in Ukraine. You could see boring father and dad watch TV. So it's a real situation. And look at this, it's this commercial say, are you boring at home? Mega story is what you need. That what society, nowadays society and godless uh, society uh, propose for fathers. Go shopping, but God has another plan. So this is a commercial that says, hey, go shopping or go... Yeah, if you're boring at home, go shopping. I got you. Don't, <laughs> don't spend time with your kids, just take them to buy something. My kids kind of like that, though. Yeah. <laughs> Well, so God has another plan. And now you could see that. Next, please, next uh, slide. Here is uh, my dad and me next day after reconciliation. Wow. Yeah, God wants to return uh, father's heart to their kids and uh, kids' hearts to their fathers. And it's not like generally for some fathers. No, it's, it's shown it's for you and it's for me, it's for us. He wants our heart to be returned to the kids and our kids' hearts returned to us. So 
what happened with me and why I involved in this ministry and, uh, and uh, during uh, like more than 17 years I'm in this ministry. Uh, it was first conference what uh, we organized for uh, fathers. I invite uh, um, uh, American guys from uh, ministry, father in ministry uh, in Minnesota. So I invite them to Ukraine. So we organized and I, uh, it, we have like 200 men from several churches uh, from different cities uh, around Ukraine. And uh, when we discuss um, father's influence on our life, I was really disappointed and surprised with my heart. Why? Because, um, yeah, being a Christian man, being a pastor, I just understand that I have unforgiveness of my dad. My dad, he was a very good person. He did everything to uh, provide us uh, in the best way. But you know, he was not perfect. He did his mistake. And uh, my problem was that when I start thinking about his influence on me, I just remember all of his mistake. And I was surprised with that. Why? Why it's happened with me? And I was surprised more because uh, like 200 men and only several guys uh, testimonied about good relationship with uh, fathers. I, I feel physically pain of generation at that room. And when I testimony, when I share it with my heart, uh, I just uh, understand that I need reconciliation with my dad. My dad and my youngest brother were there. And uh, they hear, they uh, heard me. And uh, I was surprised second time because knowing the right things, what I need to do, I just postponed it to do. I, I uh, had uh, fear and shame to do this. And finally, uh, when conference uh, finished, my dad, I saw my dad, uh, my uh, youngest brother, they talk each other, then they hug and sit, uh, get to the bus and uh, get home. And I just understand I missed something very important for me. When I drove home, Holy Spirit just touched my heart. I can't control anything. I just start crying, and I just start asking, God, forgive me for my unforgiveness of my father. I want reconciliation. And when I came home, my first desire was to uh, take uh, phone and call my dad. When I took this phone, he started ringing. And I just said, and I just hear on opposite side, son, forgive me for all woundings what I bring in your life. It was time of reconciliation. God just did it in our life. And when, when it's happened, I just uh, saw in my mind all of these guys on the conference and God just tell me, they need the same. And how I was involved in this. And uh, all of my life after that, relate with this ministry. So you grew up in a social, socialist country where the government wanted to control families, um, do this propaganda. And then with all the, the turmoil and loss of the World War, 
boys lost their father, and then they began to be men and fathers and had a challenge with disconnecting and yes. everything. So all of that, um, what would you tell now us or those watching online who don't have, who they have conflict with their fathers? What would you tell them? Because some, maybe they're passed away or some are still living, but there's this, there's this inner turmoil with, with conflict. What, what advice would you give to yeah, those? Uh, in, on our seminar, we do this in this way. So we ask uh, men uh, to put on a list like five, uh, five uh, points of similarity and uh, uh, differences with, uh, with that. And when you pass through, you uh, will understand that you have a lot of similarity with your, with your dad. And you also will realize that uh, their story very looks like, like my father's story. So they want, our fathers want to be good, but some circumstances just avoid them, and we could realize that. When we realize that, we could follow uh, David, King David, uh, God's man, uh, model. So he always said, my soul, remember everything good what God provide for me. It's very good point. We need, if we want to, to, to rebuild our relationship, if you, we, we want to, to have re reconciliation, we need to focus for everything good what our fathers provide in our life. Find and the it's, common it's, ground. Yeah, and it's first step. And, when we, and also we need to bring Jesus in this process. And uh, if uh, somebody uh, in a situation when father passed away, um, the reconciliation uh, going through your heart, you need that. And it's happened when you uh, probably, it's a, it's a way what we uh, also suggest uh, to people, uh, to men, just write letter for your dad, uh, ask if he, he is uh, still alive. Mm -hmm. So, and put your heart, your thoughts, your, uh, your sorrow and your hope and pain and, and hope and hope for good, for good uh, relationship. Uh, if it's, uh, if, it's uh, if uh, he would like still alive, so. Well, I know you have tons of stories and you're gonna be back in the back table and you even have um, this uh, pamphlet about 24 seven father. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate that you are here and. Um, yeah. yeah, thank you. So we need partnership and uh, I'm very appreciate that we already on this on the way. When I first time met uh, uh, Pastor Lloyd, and we just talk about uh, our stories, so I just realized, wow, we are uh, men with same spirit. So, and I uh, very appreciate uh, that uh, Pastor Lloyd uh, opened to visit Ukraine and help us. Uh, we we need your help. And first of all, it's a prayer about Ukraine. Uh, then go with us to, uh, to Ukraine, and also we have planned to, um, uh, to, to expand our ministry for uh, former uh, Soviet Union impacted countries like Czech Republic. We already have one man in the Czech Republic who could help 
to provide this ministry there. So, and also we uh, need your, f uh, so guys, uh, I encourage you uh, to be a part of this mission trip with Pastor Lloyd and just, yeah, support him, support us, and support yourself because that, I, 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 I guarantee, uh, if you visit Ukraine, you never will forget and you always uh, will want to back. Thank you a lot. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Could you pray a blessing over us in your native language and um, also for, yeah, for uh, yeah. restoration for even yeah, I can and, listening uh, and watching? Yeah, I can. And uh, by the way, I understand everything what this lady pray about. <laughs> I, I, never, I never learned Czech uh, language, but I understand uh, maybe 80% of that. So, дорогий Господь, я дякую тобі за цю можливість бути братами і сестрами в одній сім'ї Божій. Я дякую тобі за церкву Streams, за пастора Лойда, за всіх братів і сестер цієї церкви. Благослови цю церкву силою твого Духа Святого. Благослови їхні служіння і благослови наше партнерство в ім'я Ісуса Христа. Амінь. And thank you so much. We appreciate you and your wife being here. Yeah. And um, if you want to hear more about Sasha's story, yeah. you can... Thank you. You trust, you trust me and ask me to pray for my language. Awesome. <laughs> so, okay. Who responsible?